Welcome to the Salem Emerging Leaders Podcast, presented by the Salem Area Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Jacob Espinoza and Zachary Zalicki. We are back at the Salem Emerging Leader Podcast. That's like one of my worst, Jack. We saw one of my worst performances. Um, so it's a kind of a gag that every show starts with me making up a brand new jingle for the podcast. But we're here with Jacqueline Osborne, branch manager at DPI Staffing. Jacqueline, thank you so much for making time to be here. Thanks and, for having me here. And we like to highlight our young professionals. And you're doing cool stuff, starting in Corvallis and uh, you know just really finding success in the world of sales. And right now working for a company that is in industry that's pretty high demand. Like people need workers right now. The uh, the workforce is shifting. And so having different uh, avenues to, to find people to fill your team is, is super important. So I'm excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more about what DPI staffing does. But I'm also interested to, to, uh, to learn more about your approach to sales. I feel like sales is one of those topics that sometimes people hear it and they like automatically like have reactions. Yes. Sales sometimes has negative connotations to it. You know, you think of the the shady car salesman typically, you know, um, or the, the door-to-door knife sales back in the day. <laughs> That's yeah. what I picture when I think of sales. Um, so my approach is more so that of just a genuine connection with somebody. So if I see a company or a person that needs assistance, the first step is to f- define the problem and then determine the need. And if I can fulfill that need, then how best can I provide that support and coach them along the way and like go hand in hand in that journey. So that's that's pretty much my approach. So you're really more of a helper. Yes. Because I help push along the sale. There you go. You're helping people out. You're helping find the uh, the right solutions for the, for the people that you work with. Um, when did you decide that you wanted to, uh, to really look at sales as a, an opportunity for a career? Because you've oh, been gosh. doing it for, like, you know, it looks like five years, right? You went to Oregon State. Yeah. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Okay. <laughs> One of the few, we have a lot of ducks in the office, so Ugh, it's always good to, uh, to, to bring, bring, we need some, we need balance and diversity here, so it's good to bring, bring the other side as well. The, um, what, what did you study in Oregon State? So, I went for business administration. Okay. That was definitely my, my forte, and um, I'm actually currently pursuing my MBA with a marketing focus through Washington State University. Okay. So, yeah, I kind of feel like I've developed this pattern here. Congratulations on that. That's exciting. How far into the program are you? you um i just started gosh i think last month so brand new to it going well so far haven't cried yet <laughs> it's pretty interesting we're def- there definitely is a trend of adult learning where people are like realizing the value of later in their careers to continue to invest in their education whether it's through online courses or you know actually enrolling in a, in a collegiate program um, has it, was it always a focus for you to go back to school and the M- get the MBA? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I remember I I had taken some time off from school when I did it in stages. So I went through community college back home. I'm originally from Alaska. So mm. I got it there, took a couple years off, did some work around Corvallis when, when I moved here. And then I went back to Oregon State a few years after that because I realized this was a really educated population and I wanted to be competitive and, and keep up with the industry demands. And so I went back, again, went for business. And then I told myself, I will never get a master's. It's not in my not in my future. This is unnecessary. And then I realized, you know, there's a lot of concepts from this that I could apply to, you know, my current job and any future careers and just really help grow the folks on my team. So I decided to take that leap and, and invest in myself and in this, you know, piece of paper eventually so that I can be the best version of myself. 
That's beautiful. The I think there used to be the mentality that get this piece of paper and I trade it in for a career. And I think now people are realizing like this paper isn't going to do much, but the education that I get along the way is really what the value is going to be as long as you're ready to to put it into practice. Exactly. Um, the MBA program. I'm curious what's what has a how far into that are you right now? So it's I think it's like a 20 month program. I, I wouldn't say it's accelerated, but it is less than the two years. Yeah. Um, I literally just started, gosh, in February of this year. Okay. You're just so getting just, started. Congratulations just, on that. Thank you. Yeah. just went for it and I'm slotted to be done roughly December of 2022, as long as everything goes well. So just yeah. really no breaks involved, but that's, that's okay. Awesome. And it's something we talked about before we started recording is a previous role. We don't need to mention the company that it was with, but... Um, you, you told me that that role in sales felt much different than other ro- roles you've done since then. Um, so for you, when you're thinking through a, a, a company that you want to work for and sell for, what, what are important, what's important, what's important for you? So for me, it's, it's the mission. So I have to connect with the mission of the company. Otherwise, I'm not going to gain fulfillment out of it. And then at that point, it's like, yeah, I obviously have bills to pay, but I want to feel good about what I'm doing. Um, and the second part is to just... Um, just know that my reputation is in line with that company. So if I'm selling something, I, I need it to be genuine because my my face is associated with this, yeah. and it's and that's what people remember is is you know like your reputation and who you are and what you represent, and um, so those are huge things for me. Um, and then just making like making sure that I make a difference in someone's life as well. Kind mm. of like a long answer there, but no, it's beautiful. I love that. So you're looking for positions where you're able to really make an impact and thinking of the influence and almost legacy I'm hearing a little bit because you're thinking forward as far as like changing the trajectory of somebody's life. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Which is something that you have the opportunity to do right now, it seems like with, with DPI staffing. How is How are things in that world with right now everybody looking for employees and like are they looking for DPI staffing? Do you feel like you're, you've been a, a resource that's been able to connect? Um, yeah, I feel – so I just – Came on with this company late December, basically January, and this is my. So you're just full of new starts right now. New, I'm just going yep. to school, new career. Yeah. I love it. Okay, just just doing it all, you know. Yes, good for you. <laughs> um, but it's this is probably the worst time to be in staffing. But again, I was just looking for something, and I realized when I saw this mission about the social impact that they want to have on people and and the community that we're in. I said, you know, it's really cool. I like that. Let me learn more about this, and then I realized that. This company specializes in helping people with disabilities and employment barriers. And that for me was just like key because it's like if I could, you know, change someone's life like that, I said, I want to be a part of this. Um, so I think I don't know if I answered the question. No, but that's great. Can you talk a little bit about the the mission of, of DPI? Yeah. So our, our mission is to identify employers, obviously, that need folks. And um, we will staff it with people with intellectual physical developmental disabilities. And it's more so on the independent side. So someone with a disability that is considered independent. Um, we don't typically do it with um, folks that are, I'd say, more impaired. We have a separate program for that where they're going to need like job coaching and things like that. Okay. But on the independent side, a lot of folks are overlooked. And it's a huge market that not a lot of people tap into. And it's actually a really huge perk for us as a company because we can tap into a market that other staffing agencies can't. So that's, I'd say that's our distinguishable factor. Um, and that's kind of what we've made our platform on. So what are the, the types of, of jobs that you're, you're generally finding for people? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, we have a few categories, but our main ones would be like general labor, janitorial, custodial, admin, um, and then we do some warehousing as well. So kind of a, a wide array of things. Are, are you working with restaurants at all? You know, we haven't, and I don't think it's off the table. I think it it's just if they're open to the conversation. And again, if we have the people and could fill that need, I'd, I'd love to sit down with folks because I my mom actually worked in the restaurant industry growing up. Okay. And I've seen the amount of turnover even before a pandemic, yeah. you know. And um, and just the way people have been treated lately, I'd say, as far as servers, it's, it's really sad. Um, so I understand why they're having issues holding down people but um no it's not a market that we've we've looked into per se okay the so what's the experience like for somebody that's and i guess first the question are you do you have people to fill all the roles or are you are you is there too much demand currently to even keep up with um so it's a little bit of both so we also have a lot of state contracts when it comes to flagging so we do flagging jobs so we always have flyers lined up for jobs we also work with hatcheries and so we do fish marking in the summer interesting never heard of that until I've been yeah. here, but you know, to each his own. I'm not a big fisherman, but you know, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so there are some roles that we get that we have to specifically recruit for and then go through the whole onboarding process because it's just not something that we have on deck per se. Um, so there's that side, but then there's the other piece where it's like, oh, we need three people for this warehouse. I'm like, oh, I know exactly who to call. And then we can just send them over the next day. So we definitely have a nice mix. Um, I'd say overall, we are seeing kind of more job openings than we are seeing people. Um, but we're hoping that that trend will change soon. Okay. So uh, an employer that's looking to, to partner with DPI, what are, what are, the, are their startup costs or what does that, that look like? No. So it's, it's really a beautiful thing, Jacob. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's honestly a really simple process to get started with this. First, you know, they say, this is the role that I want to fill. And we say, okay, well, what kind of skills are you looking for? You know, do you want reference tracks? Do you want a specific background track? You know, and so we do the background check, jug screen and reference track all for free. There's no additional fees. Um, and then we have, um, we pay the employees weekly and then we just bill that client. So there's not going to be any startup costs. It's not like you're going to have to pay for all these different things. There's no hidden fees. There's literally no cost up until that employee is on board and we're good to go. Awesome. I'm from a, I work for a cell phone company before this. So you're talking about no startup costs, no hidden fees. I'm like, I remember saying those things. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it, and it, that's one of the perks too um, of staffing agencies that I, I never really thought of prior to working for one, but yeah. it, it does save employers a ton of money as far as marketing and then the actual onboarding and then all the background screening. And then to have them not show up on day one, they're out all that money. You know, so it's super yeah. frustrating for employers. So we yeah. take on all that burden, and the only thing that we're charging is the bill rate—just you know, the hourly fee. Are there and contracts like minimum number of hours? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, it depends on the company. Sometimes, I mean, if we already have a contract in place, we know it might be like a couple weeks, a couple months, up to six months. Sometimes it's attempt to hire, um, but most of our contracts are 520 hours. So it's typically a little bit over six months. And at that point, they can hire on the employee. And again, we don't have any any like exit fees per se. Okay. So if someone works for 520 hours, they can just hire that employee out. If they decide that they love the employee before then, which happens all the time, and we're like, that's awesome, they would just pay the difference between the hours left of the contract and what they've already worked. And then that's the only fee that they're going to be paying additional. Okay. 
So I'm always curious from people from the outside that moved to Salem. I know you didn't come here directly. You lived in Corvallis and Albany first. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what were your first impressions of, of the community? And then also I'm interested to hear now that you're in business and selling to people in, in Salem. It's like what, what's, what's been the experience like so far? Oh, gosh. Well, when I moved to Corvallis, I, I think I was like just turned 21. And um, I feel like I felt old when I moved to Corvallis because it is a college town and I wasn't really in that scene, you know. Um, but it was super beautiful. I had never seen like so many like gorgeous trees in my life. You know, I was just like birch, spruce and pine, all the skinny, like boring ones. And um, so just beautiful town. I think that there was a lot happening. Um, and then I had seen my first beaver game, you know, and I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty nice. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I think everyone was just friendly and there was just a ton of resources for somebody who's never stepped foot in Oregon, you know. Um, I liked it. Awesome. How about, so you joined the chamber, met you at new member orientation. Yes. What's the experience been like for you so far being being part of the chamber community? Um, gosh, I'd say it's it's a little overwhelming as as far as how nice people are <laughs> and how willing they are to connect you to folks. They say, oh, I know this person. Oh, you should go talk. To- Let's have coffee. We're going to do this. And you've got to meet this person. And that to me is just invaluable, you know, and it's just so wonderful that people are willing to do business with you, even if they represent a similar industry. They say, oh, well, I've got to get you connected with this person. You know, and I'm a firm believer that if I can't help somebody, I want to know who I can rely on that can. And so that that is just gold for me. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of people out there building bridges right now. And I do love that. I think I think it depends on the industry sometimes. It depends on the person, of course. But I feel like generally you'll see you'll find people that understand that a, a raised tide lifts all ships and that if we're all helping each other get better, like we're all gonna be better because of it. And there's enough, you know, there's enough business out there, honestly, for for Definitely. a lot of people to to thrive in, in a lot of different industries. Um and if we're building people up, we'll all be better and there'll be the market will expand because of it. Um, I think for me, like as a, a leadership coach, um, sometimes I hear people say, yeah, you're the best at this. It's like, you never even worked with me. So you don't know, first of all, <laughs> you're just saying that because we're friends. Um, but the other part is like, there's, there can be more than one leadership coach in Salem. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, let's, <laughs> let's make sure that we're, you know, we're all doing a good job supporting each other. So that's awesome to hear that's been your experience. And I think I saw you at Greeters last week. Yep. And then I went this morning. Awesome. I missed it this morning. How, how was it this morning? It was wonderful. It was uh, over at Ross West Salem, and they had a beautiful presentation with uh, AC and Co. Ar- architecture and just great food, as always, at Ross. You know, it's like I specifically skip breakfast just for this. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just, again, just, just impactful. And they were talking about their different expansions and um, it was a room. I think it was the biggest one we've had so far. Honestly, they're getting be- bigger every week. I think that for some of the venues we've used in the past, it's going to be challenging to uh, to keep using them because like there's so many people that are attending this event now. What was your um, kind of perception before you attended? Like, what did you expect? And then what was the how's the experience been oh, at Greeter specifically? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, I guess. I it's gonna sound terrible. I I try not to have a lot of expectations for something, um, so that way I am not let down and I'm pleasantly surprised. So I'd say I just assumed that it would be like a networking group. You know, you'd meet a couple people and you know, and then you you leave for the day and that's it. But this chamber is really focused on connecting people and the community and actually being a resource. And so that to me, I think, was the most shocking. Where it's like you say you're gonna do something and they actually do it. 
So I, and I've never done like a member orientation before. So I think that was really neat. The fact that they're like, no, let, let's get involved and let's see who you can talk to you. And like, what do you, what do you, you know, represent and what do you stand for? And I think that was a really neat experience. Awesome. That's exciting. I love hearing that. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I love the amount of people that attended the new member orientation. We previously did them once a quarter, okay. but now we're having so many people join. We're seeing this kind of like, I think people are just ready to get out and get connected again. And they're seeing the value of what, what the team right now is offering. And it's, it's going to be, have to be a monthly event now because we don't have enough room in that. We don't have enough <laughs> space in that room for, for more than, more than that to attend at one time. So, um, yeah, it's great hearing everybody's business and why people are getting involved in all types of different industries. And, um, we have our, our first uh, dispensary that joined, which was really cool. And it was cool to hear them talk about also how like they felt like they were accepted in Salem, but uh, it's Nectar, and they have um, locations in different cities. And some chambers are like, we're not going to have a, a cannabis-related organization as part of ours. Like, we don't support that, which is kind of blew my mind a little bit. Because it is a business. It's a business. It's a legal business. They have to go through so many loopholes as it is. And, like, mm-hmm. all these – it's just insane what they have to deal with right now. But, um, I mean, that's going to be a huge industry for Oregon. When that's federally legal, like, it looks like that's probably what's going to happen. Like that's going to be such a massive industry for, so for a chamber not to like be on the ground floor. And I don't even know if I consider this a ground floor. Like this is pretty late in the game almost, <laughs> but like to not be in involved and want to support that is, is it was kind of interesting to, for me to hear that. Yeah. I liked their story and, and how, um, I forgot the, the guy's name, but the business partner and he had his MBA and he said, we're just trying to kind of change the scene of it. You know, he said, where well, we are educated, we, we do have a business plan. Like we're here for a reason. And I thought that was really cool because there is, I'd say kind of a stigma, you know, on these shops and um, for them to try to change, you know, shift it. I think that's that's really powerful. Absolutely. And like our communities are benefiting and there's different perspectives. I don't want to like discredit, but as far as like tax revenue, like there's a lot of money that's being brought in. I think that they last year, they were close to the amount that were brought in from liquor sales as far as sales tax because they pay so much in taxes. They like pay it's, a lot in it's, taxes. They can't write anything off pretty much. Like it's almost like no write-offs. Like everything they do is just... You got to kind of figure it out. It's, it's interesting oh, how it works, but different, different conversation. <laughs> um, you're getting into, you're, you're into personal development as well. What are, what are a few books that you have lined up? And I'm curious to hear why you, you pick those as your, your next step on your reading list. Yes. So the one I'm currently reading, I just started it. So I have really no insight yet, um, but it is the seven habits of highly effective people. And I'd say I started that because um, it's it's a you know time old book. It's uh, it's always been in conversations in any you know sort of leadership class or business class you've been in, and um, it's like everyone wants to be effective. You know, I'm like, oh, maybe this will help me wake up earlier. Maybe I'll be more productive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. so, so I thought that'd be a really good start just to kind of see you know what what other people have read and how it's impacted them. And then the second one that I have lined up is how to win friends and influence people. And I think that's it. I mean, just from the title, it sounds key for building relationships and networking and just, you know, doing business with other people because that's what business is. It's, it's a person to person. So I think that those will, will hopefully, you know, add to my arsenal of knowledge and I could move forth and, and prosper with them. I love it. No, those are two great, great selections. And I think with books like those, sometimes you'll, you'll find new ideas where you'll be like, I've never thought about that. I should definitely start implementing that into what I do. But also there are things that are like, you know, that's something I've heard before. I need to start making that more of a focus. So it can be a good reminder to like, all right, let me, let me get back into these good habits. So exactly. great, great selections. Thank you. So we have a, a game that we play. It's called the hot seat. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's not nothing too crazy, but I'm going to give you a, a stack of cards. I have questions on them. 
You're going to pick one question and I'll pick a question and we will both answer each of the questions. Okay. All right. So you can kind of like f- shuffle through the deck and find a question that you feel is um, that you, you want to ask. It doesn't have to be the perfect question, but it can be, be something that you think you'd want to ask. Okay. All right. I found one. I can go first while you're looking. Okay. So what is one accomplishment you're most proud of? Hmm. Oh, gosh. I'd say probably being um, – a first-generation college student in my family. Love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what's the last thing you can so I'll, I'll answer this question as well. Oh, shoot, and sorry. And then you'll ask when we'll both answer yours. <laughs> I was ready. Okay. Yeah, you're ready to go. You got one, though. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I think for me, I'm most proud of becoming a leadership consultant. Like, um, just kind of living a life where I wasn't super focused in my, my younger ages, and I didn't really even, like, start trying um, – or like applying myself till I was like 30. So to be able to kind of go from an entry-level job to leading some teams and having some some good sex, success to show for that um, and then to be in a position where I can help other leaders is, is pretty powerful. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself for it. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing. All right, what's yours? Okay. Uh, what's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? The last thing I completed on my bucket list? Man. Let me think. The last thing. Do you have an answer? If you have one, you can go. And then I'll think while you're in. Um, gosh, it's been a minute. But I'd say when I was in Alaska, um, I got to, I wouldn't really call it hiking. It wasn't like huge. But I was able to kind of like walk slash hike around this glacier. And that was really, really fun. And it was something I, was, I wanted to do. And, and I did that. So That's awesome. So I completed the 75 hard challenge last year. I just started it again. So I'm like on my second week, but I was, that was something that was a challenge. So it's, it's 75 days and you have like specific tasks you have to complete each day. Um, so I lost 30 pounds while I was doing it. So I was definitely proud of that. I got it in a pretty good, much better shape. Since then we've had the holidays and lots of cookies and some beverages <laughs> that have, you know, put a few of those LBs back on. So I'm, I've started it again and I think it'll be a good reset for me for sure. I might need to, Pick your brain for that because yeah. I could use some assistance. We just <laughs> actually released a podcast before I uh, before you walked in. I hit submit, so I'll send you the link where we talk all about it with Aaron Qualls, who is, and I'll put a link in these show notes as well. So if you're listening, you can check, go back and check that one out. But he's somebody that in Salem, as far as I know, is one of the first people to like really be passionate about it and to be like posting pictures online and talking about it. So I think there's a lot of people in our city that started it because of him. And he, he's I learned about it because of him. Um, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you that podcast so you can check it out. But uh, just that kind of like a brief rundown. So it's 75 days. Um, you take a progress picture every day so you can kind of like see the progress. You read 10 pages of a book. You can pick what book it is, but something like a business or a, like the books you're reading would be perfect. Um, two 45-minute workouts, and one of them has to be outdoors. It can be just like walking. It can be whatever works for you, you know, playing tennis, like whatever your thing is. Um, drink a gallon of water. Which is the one I kind of like, I think, depending on your size, a gallon makes sense. But for some people, a gallon is just going to be way too much and unhealthy. So that's one that I'm like, you know, kind of figure it out for you. Uh, pick, stick to a nutrition plan. You can pick what the nutrition plan is, whatever you want to do. And then no alcohol for uh, for 45 days. And that's usually that's usually the one where people are like, nope, I'm yeah, out. I was like, oh, all right. You had me. It's like, you should have started with that one. So I could have just stopped listening. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually the one where people are are not are not sure. It can be challenging for sure. 
especially uh, like summertime coming up. There's always something coming up. Right. That's the thing. That was like, how bad do you want it? Yeah. yeah. That's it. How bad do you want it? That's exactly right. So it's been it's been a good reset for me though, for sure. Awesome. Any anything else you'd like to add? I appreciate you so much for making the time to stop by the podcast. Yeah. No. Um. I think that's about sums it up for me. What would you? What advice would you give to uh, to young leaders out there that are interested in p- potentially pursuing a uh, a sales career? And they're you know kind of on the fence about it. They're not sure if it's for them. What are some things they should be thinking about? Yeah, no, I'd say it's definitely. I mean, all fields have have risk and reward, you know. And I feel like sales is a top one. And I think it's really what you need to find what you're passionate about first of all, because that makes a big difference in what you do. And the second thing that I would recommend is finding someone that does what you want to do and just sitting down with them or just having a conversation and just saying, well, what's your day-to-day life? Like, what what do you like about it? What do you dislike? You know, how how easy is it to get into this field? And so just really find people that you feel like you can trust and just get their honest opinion of it and see if you could shadow them for a day or two. That would be, I'd say, my biggest recommendation. Powerful. I love that. Finding mentors, finding people you can learn from. If you want to master a craft, like find somebody that's great at it and like figure out how you can learn from them. Exactly. That's awesome. I think that sometimes people people want to they kind of sit at home and uh, watch, like binge watch shows and like wonder like, what do I want to do? I can't, I can't, I haven't found my calling. And I think you have to kind of get out of that. You can't, you're not going to find your calling watching Netflix. Like you need to like get out <laughs> and like do stuff and try stuff and kind of see what you like. And you know, you'll, yeah. you'll kind of figure it out along the way. And it's really hard too, I'd say for the younger generations, because they were so raised on technology that interpersonal communication is very difficult Hmm. and that's never going to go away and so i think that um, we really got to focus on these young people and and get them out and about and and learn how to talk with people because even during interviews it's like they they get so nervous and they don't know what to do and that's really sad you know so i think that that's a huge thing that we just got to work on getting them away from the screen and and getting more of that the in-person and and person-to-person contact yeah so um so i I work with three business liaisons at SeaTech, which is our are you more SeaTech. Oh yeah, I've given some talks over there. Oh, okay, you I had already one can... kid call me old because I mentioned Birkenstocks. He didn't know what they were. I'm like, you live in Oregon, <laughs> what Birkenstocks are? You're yeah, calling people old. We got a. My soul was crushed for a minute. Okay. It's fine. You're, you'll be. You're not old. You're not old. <laughs> but they're they're doing awesome stuff. And one of the things they focus on are those mock interviews, so you guys can kind of get the experience and get the reps in because. It's good to get some practice in before you're in the real world and like actually, and I think these these are actually, they do both. So they do mock interviews where it's practice, but then they also have people come in from industries that are looking to hire kids. So they, they get additional practice, but it also is in a, like in a, a real environment where they could actually get a job, you know, oh, after this interview. Awesome. So it's cool to see that we have schools that are kind of thinking outside the box with education because, you know, some of the things that we learn in school, like it's kind of nice, but. Not really relevant. There's some like, you know basic life skills like finance skills health skills um that would probably be much more relevant yeah so and i think as a community we can kind of think how do we support our young professionals you know that are coming out of high school coming out of college to make sure that they have opportunities to gain these skills so they can be successful as opposed to like just wondering why don't we have why does nobody want to work why does nobody know how to do these things like well who's showing them unless you had a parent that was there to show you then you don't know these things yeah if you didn't really have that guidance you know or just, you know, a lot of people will just go to college and switch their major a couple times because they're still undecided. And that's such a waste of time and money. You know, it's like you're better off just trying a trade or deferring or something, you know. Some people are still figuring it out, you know. But Absolutely. I do love the, uh, I don't know, I, I love the, like, going to school after you've had time to, like, figure out what you want to do. 
Um, I listened to Gary V. Are you familiar with him at all? Mm-mm. He's like he's big on like social media business. Um, he kind of like changes his focus, but he's uh something he he said recently on a podcast is that like we have our like life structured based off how it used to be where people died when they were like fifty, and now people live to like eighty, ninety, a hundred, and like we still have this like expectation of figure things out, have a family before thirty, and it just doesn't really make sense as much sense um to live that way with that focus with life expectancy to be being much longer like you have a little bit more time generally you know god willing to uh to kind of figure things out you don't have to go to college right after out of high school and be successful you don't have to go to college at all you can kind of find your path there's a lot of things you can do um but sometimes it just requires the patience of like making sure the patience and consistency i think like patience and not expecting results immediately Mm -hmm. um, but consistency and like showing up every day and like plugging away at it focusing on one thing at a time you're just giving your best and then also i think understanding that you will fail sometimes and that you really only ultimately fail if you give up but if you you know if you try something it doesn't work out then you just move forward like that's you know that's the hard part you know and i feel like as a younger individual you're taught you know so you go to college get a job like figure it out and that's that's really not what you're supposed to do anymore like it doesn't necessarily work that way um, for some people, it still does, and that's great. But I think that you kind of have to fall on your face a couple times to realize what you are good at and what you're not and what you are passionate about and what you are, don't ever want to do again, because that's part of life and just learning and continuously growing, I think. Yes, yeah, understanding that the the falling down is part of the process. It's not the end of the process. It exactly. doesn't mean you failed. You just fell down. You got to get back up and keep going. Um, because success is based off of a mountain of failures. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. You're going to keep failing. You're going to keep failing, but you're learning every time. You're better because of it. And eventually you're, you'll figure it out. Most as long definitely. as you keep trying. The only way you can fail is to stop trying. So let's end there. That was fire. <laughs> I love it. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Check the show notes for a link to connect with Jacqueline. What's the best, is there a place, the best, best place to connect with you? Yeah. I mean, we have a Facebook. I mean, I have email, phone, everything. So definitely available. Okay. We'll put some links in the show notes for you to check out. Appreciate you being here, Jacqueline. Thank you. You just got done listening to the Salem Emerging Leader podcast, and we appreciate it. If you look in the show notes, you will find a link. If you click on that link, you'll be able to subscribe to the Salem Emerging Leader newsletter. We want you to be in touch with all the incredible things that are happening in this city because of people like you. We appreciate you. I hope you have a good day.